Bulls Gold is delivered to you via the Barroom Network, now in its seventh year of providing podcasts about Chicago sports, movies, and more. Make sure to subscribe to the Barroom Network for free and easy downloads of its programming. And visit its merchandising store at deepdishtees.com to purchase t-shirts, hoodies, and mugs. Now, on with the show. I am Edward Schuler, joined as always by Salim Sudawala. Salim, how you doing today, man? Ed, I am doing great. We, it's been a bit. Yeah. We we've texted randomly, but like we haven't potted. It's potted a word. I don't know if I just made up a word, but we haven't been on the mic for like a month. Yeah, we haven't talked Bulls basketball. There has been some stuff going on, but I think we were just too busy to to get on and and. And uh, you know, wax poetic bulls poetry. So, uh, how you been, man? How's everything going with you? I'm great. Yeah, it's been a minute since we uh, since we dropped some bars on the bulls, and it, it seems like uh, you know we we've taken a few uh, just breaks, but things have just been happening while we were gone, and uh, you know, we, we we see all of these things with Damian Lillard, and then you know, Dame gets traded, and then we see all of these. The, a few rumors with Drew Holiday and Drew Holiday gets traded now. And now I see some people want Malcolm Brogdon. So it's just, it's just funny how like the Bulls are just kind of like staying in, in the, in the trade bus somehow, but it's a good time to now be on the mic again, because we have preseason in six days and they will debut against the Milwaukee Bucks with Damian Lillard. So we, we get the, the first, taste of action against the the new look Milwaukee Bucks so it, it's going to be really interesting but yeah I'm, I'm glad to be back talking Bulls basketball when, when before we started recording we were talking Chicago Bears football and I felt like that that helped build up some energy to to really get into all of this so like I told you before we started recording we're, we're leaving uh, McCaskeyville and now we're headed into <laughs> to Jerry World to Reinsdorfville so uh, and are you, <laughs> I do have a question for you. Are you emotional today, like my guy Jimmy Butler? Oh my gosh, I'm not. Uh, Jimmy Eats World or all of the uh, <laughs> I, I emo, would, yeah, I, emo I, Jimmy. I, I, I'm excited about now next season, uh, uh, Trent Media Day next year's media day. What he's gonna do with his hair? That's <laughs> <laughs> he's such a he's hilarious, man. He yeah. cracks me up. Yeah, he I'm, cracks me up. I'm just wondering, like, what. What is the next step hair wise? Like, would he just do like a? Would he do a baldy? Would he? Um, I, don't I, I don't know. Well, he can't do a baldy because, like, I don't think he's gonna cut off his hair completely. Like, because like, it's yeah. like, like last year it was extensions. I think is it is this hair exten- extensions or did he just kind of press his hair? It looked like a. Looked I can't. Like, I couldn't tell. It looked like he just did a perm. <laughs> yeah, it, it I, like I couldn't a, tell because it looked. Like, it kind of obviously everyone's do the emo things, but he kind of looked like Andre three thousand. 
Yeah, he looked like uh, uh, he looked like he had like a Cat Williams type of well, not exactly Cat, but it looked like he tried to do like a Cat Williams type of perm and uh, just did like the I don't know like the technical term for it when you like cover half of your face with it or whatever. But he, he had yeah, the, that's the, that's the emo thing, okay, right? Where you're okay. like yeah. where you're. We're, we're, that's why everyone's doing the uh so he looked like the, the panic uh, of the disco quotes and all that yeah. stuff so he looks like the uh the goth kids in south park with uh right with right one. yeah <laughs> that, that, yeah that's hilarious I, I was i was uh, wondering i was wondering before if he had like lost a bet last year when he did it and he just lost another bet this time but now it seems like it's actually going to be a thing so yeah this, supposedly this is <laughs> oh, sorry. I was gonna say supposedly, like that company that does those extensions or whatever, they paid him money to do it. Oh, wow! So he's like, so he's like, all right, you gotta bring money. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> supposedly, that's what that's. So I don't know if this is the same situation. Like, I wonder if it's like the same like company. It's gotta be. I mean, uh, it's good. It's good pub. I mean, if you're if you're paying him to do that and he's doing it, like that's it's good promo right there. I I can't <laughs> knock it. Like. And, and now all season it's gonna be emo Jimmy, and you have to put the you know the the Jimmy Butler picture on the screen, ESPN or whatever. Right. It's gonna be that emo Jimmy hairstyle. It's gonna be hilarious. It opens up. Oh, it man. opens up the door for a lot of uh, sponsorship opportunities for uh, anyone who does extensions, wigs, you know, whatever. Like you can't just yes. sign with Jimmy Butler. So uh, maybe make your way to Chicago. Like maybe Kobe might help you. Maybe Pat Williams. Like he's. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with all of this, but you know, we got a we got a good show. To, we got a good show. We got a lot to talk about before the Bulls start their first preseason game. We're going to talk about media day, media day in Nashville, Tennessee. Would never thought that I'd say that about the Bulls having their media day in Nashville, Tennessee. But here no, we so are. media media day wasn't in Nashville. Oh, they also okay, have okay. They leave okay. for Nashville tonight. Okay, okay. So yeah, training camp. Sorry, is in Nashville, Tennessee. So. Training camp right, right. in Nashville, Tennessee, which is still weird to say, but media day was today. It seemed like a pretty normal day overall, which is always good. I will say normal and boring over anything chaotic or weird like we've had in the past. But we're going to dive into a lot of media day topics and we're going to talk about what the team, what we can expect from the team in training camp and heading into preseason. And joining us uh, to, to talk about all of these things. He has been on the show a lot of times. We love talking to him. He is one of the smartest minds that you will find on Chicago Bulls Twitter or basketball Twitter in general. We just love talking Bulls basketball with him and Chicago Bears football with him, for that matter of fact. But yeah, he, he is just amazing, just very intelligent with what he says about basketball, always dropping dimes for us on the podcast. From Switch Theory, Laro Golden. Laro, man, welcome back. Hey, man. Um. I appreciate it, man. I've, I always have fun coming back on this pod, man. It's always it's always really cool to just sit down and and uh, talk some Bulls basketball with you guys. And, you know, it just happened to kick off with some Bears talk. And I know that <laughs> is uh, that is uh, tough right now in Chicago at the moment. Uh, but, hey, man, I'm ready to talk some Bulls with some cool things being said, um, interesting things being said at the media day. So can't wait to kind of. You know, break it down with y'all, man. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, of course, man. Oh, for sure, man. You know, we we love having you on. You're you're a literal scout. You're yeah. a coach. You know, but you know basketball more than a lot, like ninety nine percent of Twitter that pretends to know about basketball. So, 
You, we love having you on. <laughs> hey, man, I appreciate y'all, man. But, uh, hey, you know, hey, you just got to be a sicko and watch film, man. You know, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. Yo, so let, let's get into it. So we, we, we have Bulls Media Day. Uh, there's, there's, it's Media Day. I, I feel like there's always been just a lot of memories that I can recall. Like, it's just that time of the year where you're analyzing, you know, how much weight players have gained and muscle they've built and, if uh, Tyrus Thomas is now taller than Lou Aldang, like it's just a lot of like fun times to to, to really indulge in. But Lara, Lara, what, what what stood out to you from what you've seen uh, of Media Day? Like like I said earlier, it didn't seem like anything out of the normal. AK and Eversley, they've made some media rounds, I think, before uh, Media Day. So everything they kind of said was basically kind of like in line with what we've heard. But uh, overall, like, what, what, were, what were your like immediate thoughts to uh, media day? Well, I I think for Acme, the biggest thing that uh, stuck out to me was just how honest they were. Um, they didn't really like they didn't really run from you know the the point guard question or the you know Pat situation. It was all kind of out front, like, hey, you know, the point guard situation is going to be a battle, and uh, you know, the best point guard at the moment that fits with the big the the mid three as a lot of people call them (laughs) is is going to be the starter um the pat situation is hey look he may start he may not you know it's going to be on him to uh you know to see how it goes and if he's in the second unit and may give him more opportunity to stretch out uh to be you know use more of his creation so it was really cool to hear them kind of just say, you know, hey, this is what it is, and we'll go from here. Um, rather than, you know, playing the whole we'll see game, none of, you know, whatever. It, it, so um, I think that was one thing that stuck out to me. Uh, I, I still I still don't like the fact of is that they can't go make themselves be contenders by being able to spend money rather than, you know, what, what Jerry wants is like, hey, you got to show me that you have that um, potential to to do it and then i'll give you the money i i wish jerry was kind of like Ballmer, where it was like yo hey here you go hey make it happen you know but it is what it is as we all know uh but yeah that, that, i think that's for me when i'm what i think about today is like it kind of gave you as a fan you left that and you're like okay i know what it is so uh can't wait to see how it falls you know how the dominoes fall yeah, no doubt. Uh, it was interesting. Like, I agree with you as far as like with the point guard conversation. You know, I kind of wondered if it would be an open competition for point guard in the starting four. And obviously, Billy coming in not committed to uh, those two spots outside of obviously the only ones that he's obviously committed to is Demar, Zach, and Boots. Those are the only guys that you know are going to start. Uh, but he was, you know, very non-committal to. Uh, who would start at point guard and who would start at four. And he gave, like you said, gave various reasons about um, why even Kobe or even Ayo could be an option because of their growth and, you know, more maturity coming into the season. Um, you know, I want to, I want to get your thoughts on like those two particular things, especially with, I loved what he said about Ayo and something that we've said in the past about development too, like he mentioned essentially that like development isn't always linear. Like he kind of essentially said that about IO. And I think a lot of people coming into this off season, <clears throat> excuse me, this past off season and 
into next year we're just like oh well io's kind of you know whatever we're not we're not we don't really care about io anymore and it's not important if the bulls bring him back or not and when that extension was signed some people were like why why are they overpay him uh or whatever have you and there was a lot of conversation if io should should have been brought back in general um and and i've been one of the people that said look i get he didn't have a good year but i think we're kind of we, we kind of jumped the, the gun on Ayo, right? Uh, we, we went to say he is going to be this amazing starting point guard one day to kind of going to the complete opposite end of saying, well, Ayo should not even be on the team anymore. Like, let, let, let's let's come back a little bit because maybe there's still some there, something there with Ayo. Like, maybe he's just supposed to be this really strong, like, seventh man or something like that in this league. And going back to that, if he can kind of just hit the three ball a little bit, his ability to defend multiple positions, his versatility there, his ability to finish at the rim and transition, um, that's valuable too. Uh, so, I, like, I, I would love to hear your more thoughts on that as far as what he said about Io, And then, like, also, who do you think would you – so who would you like to see – at that starting spot personally. Yeah, so I'll start with the IO thing. Um I think IO is he has the ability how can I say this? Like the type of coach that Billy Donovan is when it comes to the defensive side of the ball, uh I think IO fits what he wants, like you know, good point of attack, um defense, he does a really good job of using his length in terms of his wingspan when he's, uh, you know, for rear view contest, when he's at the point of attack during, de- uh, you know, in pick and roll coverage when he's guarding the ball. Um, he He's really good at, you know, being able to be switchable one, one through three sometimes, depending on the matchups. Um, and he, in, in, in that case, he gives you, you know, uh, lineup flexibility on how you can kind of, you know, throw different lineups out there. And the number one thing is, is like, I think even, even in a youth level, you know, grassroots level, you could never – have enough ball handlers on the floor at the same time. So being able to have a guy that can, like I said, guard one through three, you can kind of mix up lineups and there's no way for a defense to kind of say, Hey, we're going to force it out of this guy's hands because this guy can't No, Well, you have aisles out there with Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan. Well, Hey, look, uh, you know, it's, you got three guys out there. You can, you, you ha- you're comfortable with, you know, kind of initiating some offense. And, and so that's always fun for, uh, for an, a coach that, to have more, uh, flexibility and versatility in your lineup constructions when you come into games, depending, you know, and, and matching up, uh, depending on matchups. Um, so I can see why, you know, uh, they wanted him back. And, and like you said, I mean, one of the bigger things for him too, is like, if, if he could just become, you know, a more consistent three point shooter, I mean, and people talk about uh, Pat turning down, you know, open look sometimes like mm-hmm. Io can do that as well. So um, and if, if he could just, you know, take his shots when he has them um, attack the closeouts, like which he's which he's really good at and making the next play. Um, I think you got a guy like you said, a seventh, seventh guy like that's, you know, that's really good, you know, especially where you got him. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that's, you know, I think Io has the ability to make that that uh, new contract be uh, make them look smart. And I think he has the ability to make Billy's life a little easier, you know? Um, and as for who I think is the starter, I think if I'm being honest, I think that it's going to be Javon. Um, I think, right. I think Javon just has 
the best. He's kind of like the best of both worlds, right? If you, you're, if you, it's not like with when you have IO out there and you take Kobe off, right? You're losing the shooting, you know, but you're adding the defense with, with IO, you know, a better defender, I should say, because Kobe is getting better. He's, he's just not that level. Um, but with Javon, you have the shooting, catch and shoot, and also he's pretty good at off the dribble shooting from three as well. Um, albeit last year was his first year really showing that, but like he said today, like that's the kind of player he's always been. He, that last year was his very first chance to kind of like show that, that that's who he is. So let's see, let's take him on his word and see what, what he is. And then um, if I got to be honest, you know, watching him when he was at Provazo East and when he was at West Virginia, he's not lying. Uh, that's the player he was. So um, I think it's Javon. He fits with the group better. He makes pretty quick decisions when he's off ball. Cause he can be off ball as, as somebody that can space the floor. He can attack closeouts. He can make the next play. Um, and again, defensively, you know, hey, he could, he's a bulldog on the ball. Um, he could play multiple, you know, he can be disruptive off the ball. He's just not as big as Alonzo Ball or even Io. So you're losing a little bit of size. Um, but I think he just, it's kind of one of those things where you can just insert him in and he knows how to play. I mean, one of the perks, like I, I used to say about Javante, is like what I said about Javante was is like the role that they needed him to play. He, he was used to playing that role. So it's easy for him to, to step in and be like, you know, I'm going to run this lane. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, you know, fight for the, on the glass for an offensive rebound. I'm going to get deflections. I know, I know what I have to do to be successful around a, a big, you know, other stars. With Javon, he's also played with other stars. So he knows his role. So um, I think it's just, I think he, he's another player. He's a player that you can just insert and he'll be just fine. I think Kobe, I really, really like him in the second unit. Um, especially if, if they're going to play Pat with that second unit a lot, I think him and Pat have a pretty good chemistry. Um, they play well together. So I would just like to have that second wave, you know, of guys that can come in, um, can put up the offense and, um, you know, have another, uh, that bench unit to get a little bit stronger. So, uh, I think Javon would be my pick, um, just because of how he, he fits with the, the, the mid three or the big three, however, however you want to call them. <laughs> Um, that would be my pick, Javon. I agree with you. I think I think Javon should start, even though for a second I was thinking maybe Caruso, just because like he has so much, like you know he has like a few seasons worth of uh experience now with that kind of like starting group. But I've always liked Caruso off the bench, though. I just kind of like just like the impact and the way that he plays off the bench. But I do think you have to to start Javon. Let me ask you this, Lero. Um, Billy Don, like we we've we've heard this uh talk pretty much from the uh, end of uh, last season with the Bulls wanting to, like, change their shot profile. Of course, we know they want to take more threes. Uh, we heard today Billy Donovan, you know, echoing the same thing and about shot profile and, you know, wanting to play faster and, and, and doing those sorts of things. And we, we know that with the moves that they made in the offseason that they – can, they are capable of doing that now when you talk about Javon Carter, when you talk about uh, Torrey Craig and just adding those shooters and hopefully some more we're talking about Iowa, hopefully some like bounce back years from three point shooting with him. Uh, I, I think I've been talking about like all season, like I really want to see if Kobe White can actually become like a 40 percent three point shooter, because I feel like throughout his career, he's been kind of like a mix of streaky or maybe slightly above average with his percentages, but I really want to see if he can hit that, that 40% clip. But what do you, what is your feeling on how the bulls can, can, can swish up that shot pro, 
profile and play a little bit faster? Like, how how, how good do you feel about that when you hear them talking about this uh, during media day? So my first thought when I, I heard him say that is he's got a point. But I think the I guess my thought is what has kind of stopped him from harping on that before like he's talked about it but like what what made him like going nothing let's be honest like yeah sure you added Tory Craig and you added Javon I mean you still have the core three and you still have Pat you still have Kobe you have Io again so why couldn't you have worked on some of these things already like why I guess I guess with me saying that is it's cool they saying it but I just I need to see I need to see what what he has a plan for, um, how to uh, get that um, that shot profile to where it needs to be. Um, like, I, of course, he said, you know, hey, we're you know, we need to take more threes, and, and it's not about how many you take. Uh, how what did he say? It's not about how many you take, or it's how you get them, or something like that. I believe he said, and which is which is is, is true. But I think in order for that to happen, he has to be a little bit more stern. Like he's he's like Demar. Like yeah, Demar says he's gonna take more threes, but like Demar gets in his bag when he has a ball and he gets in his bag. He he's trying to get to a bucket. You know, he's not trying to all the way get to the bucket. He, he's trying to get to a side step. Trying to pump fake, pump fake, get a guy in the air, free throw line. Zach Levine, like he also likes to be in the mid range. So, and we all know that like when Zach actually is willing to just attack the basket, it's really good. Like he's. He, he really is good at finishing at the rim. Um, but I think when he's saying that, I th- I think today a lot of uh, a lot of what Billy was saying was kind of geared towards certain people. Like, I think I think with Pat, like a lot of that was about Pat, you know, um, hey, we got to make quicker decisions. Hey, we got to instead of taking those tougher twos, you know, if you're making a bunch of like if you're basically if you're DeMar DeRozan, sure, take those tough twos. But like if you're Pat, you know, Williams, yeah, you can make those. But like, hey, let's get to the paint. Um, Io, you know, if you're going to, you know, let's get into the paint. All these other guys that are outside the big three, you kind of have to be be quick with your decisions. Because I think if uh, being kind of uh, unbiased, uh, like, you know, Pat and a bunch of these guys, they, when they're out there, they just got to make quicker decisions. If the shot is there, take the shot. If you have the drive with the closeout, you got to take the, you got to drive the closeout. And I think um, that's, kind of what he means like hey we're gonna do a lot of the same stuff we usually have done but like i think it's more he's more saying like yo i can't make demar be a different player than he is like a lot of the times he's already drawn to so like when we have those opportunities we gotta we gotta capitalize and um so it's a lot of talk and uh you know i just i just need to see it I, i need i need to see uh, what he's going to harp on. I would love to go to a practice and sit down and see what they're, you know, um, what they're trying to, you know, nail home in these training camps and what, what in these practices, because I mean, yeah, I mean, they do have to get into the paint more. They do have to shoot more free throws. I, I, I do remember, you know, all of us being mad that Zach Levine wouldn't get, wasn't when he did attack the basket, he wasn't getting a lot of foul calls, you know? So, um, yeah, so I guess what I a roundabout way I've said, uh, I was off on a tangent, but I guess I guess I'm saying I, I want to see what is different this year. What is going to click this year that couldn't have clicked last season? Or you know, I, I think everything that he wants to do is correct, but like 
I think it's something that should have already been tapped into, if anything, you know? So uh, I just want to see, again, what is new? You know, what is he going to add in? What what actions? What really is actions? Because they're not going to run sets. They have too many. They have two good isolation players, so they're not going to run a bunch of sets. They're going to run a lot of actions. So I want to see what their actions are going to be and see if there's anything new, really. So let me ask you this. So obviously, Billy mentioned their ability to get to the basket and to generate pressure on the rim and then that being a, a path to generating more maybe threes by kicking it out or whatever have you. Um, doesn't Kobe maybe make sense then as a starting in the starting lineup because he does have that ability to get to the rim. Um, he's gotten stronger um, upper body. He's gotten better also at finishing over the years. Um, I think he's shown better decision-making too. And, I'm intrigued by him coming into this offseason, how hard he's worked. The last two offseasons, really. Like, the last offseason, he worked really hard. You saw what he was doing with his handles. And then he talked about this offseason, the stuff that he was working on. And also, he was working on not only finishing at the basket, but the kind of in-between. When he gets into the paint, he wants to be able to, if if he can't get exactly to the basket, maybe that that little uh, floater uh, push shot that he can maybe work with. Um, but like I said, in in that sense, where you talk about needing to get to the pressure on the rim, like Kobe to me, kind of sticks out, and 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 maybe he has a religious shot at at winning the starting point guard spot. Yeah, no, I I think you bring up a great point. I mean, I think Kobe. I, let me be honest. I think all the guys that are going to be in this battle, I think they all are fit to be a starter. Um, I just think that I, th- I just, me personally for Kobe, I just think that I don't want to, like he said today, he kind of alluded to it. He, he wants one role. He doesn't want to have to, he doesn't want a yo-yo. He doesn't want, Hey, Kobe, we need you to do this. And then 20 late games later, Hey, Kobe, we need you to do that. He just wants a consistent role. And I think that um, Javon to, just for me, if I was a coach, and I'll be honest with you, if I was a coach, I like, yeah, they battle it out. And if Kobe wins it, like, Kobe is all yours. Like, if you're showing me, you know, you could do the, you know, you could fit right in with these three and, you know, I, let's go. Um, but I think for me, it'd be, I, I think I'd be coming in kind of saying Javon just because, like, it, it's almost like, it's like almost like Pat Bev, but just like a better shooter. And he still brings that tenacity. He's, he's a quick decision maker and like Kobe is, he's, he's definitely gotten better. Um, But I just would rather have a guy like Kobe with his ability to come off the bench and he can, he can spell like a Zach Levine. He can spell, you know, a DeMar DeRozan um, and still give you the, you know, the, you know, the ability to, to get into the paint like he's shown he could last season with the improved handle, um, get into the teeth of the defense and either score on himself, score for himself, or he's gotten better at making making the simple read. Like I think that was the biggest to me, that was the biggest thing with me. Like I think Kobe was trying to like make the crazy cross court pass and you know, when it wasn't even there. But like I th- feel like last season he was just making the simple read. Hey, if I come off here and that big is low, I'm just gonna hit the hit the big. Hey, if I come off here and that that low guy is coming over, I'm gonna hit the corner. Like he's not, you know, he's not trying to, you know, read three steps ahead when he doesn't have to. You know what I mean? Like he was making the simple read. Simple. He was he was just taking his pick and roll game and simplifying it. His handle got better, so it looked better. Yeah. Um, but uh, 
just for me, I think you could go either way. But I think personally for me, I, I would probably go Javon um, and just see how it is. I mean, I, here's the deal. You got preseason two, right? So let them battle it out. Maybe I start Javon and see how it looks. If You know, if Javon isn't, you know, what 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 a, I thought he would. And, and, and Kobe still looks like the guy he was in, in the Miami Heat series and towards the end of, you know, the season. Hey, I'm, it might be time. Hey, Kobe, look, we drafted you to be our point guard of the future. So maybe this is the time. Maybe it is his time to say, hey, look, me and Zach, you know, what was it that Zach and uh Zach and Kobe life, his sweet, sweet life with Zach and Kobe? <laughs> yeah, it's it's time again. Kobe. You know what I mean? Maybe it's time. Maybe it's time for the sweet life. I mean, I'd be yeah. down for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I, I think what you're saying is spot on, especially when you talk about Kobe and how he simplifies so many elements of his game and it's really just slowed down for him and he's really just become a better decision making decision maker overall. So to, to me, I, I think the open point guard battle is the way to go. But like you, I, I think Javon is just when you consider how this team played with Pat Bev last year and he's really just kind of like a supercharged version of that. And he has that pull up uh, game. He has that pull up element to his game as well that you can now insert into it, too. So I, I think he's really going to make that starting like he's really going to like stabilize that starting lineup really well and like have really immediate uh chemistry with those players um let me ask you this since we were you were kind of on uh on the topic of preseason and we know they're going to be playing the you know milwaukee bucks in this first game what are, what are some things that you're you're looking to see in preseason like i i know i i know with preseason like you can never just like have all these like grand things like grand try and make like all these like kind of grand conclusions and things like that. But what are some things that would just be encouraging for you to see overall with this team during those preseason games to really kind of feel right about this team heading into the regular season opener? Well, I'm so glad you asked that question, my brother. <laughs> um, well, talking, uh, well, talking, listening to Vooch today was like, everything I needed to hear. Right. But again, just like I said about Billy, uh, about, you know, he has to, I, I need to see differently. I think I, I was alluding to what Vooch was talking about when Vooch was first, when we first, the Bulls first traded for Vooch. My thought was, is like, you, I'm pretty sure one of the, the Bulls one-on-one up one-on-one episode is still up when me and Chris were talking about it. But like I said that I thought Vooch could be like a poor man's Jokic right? Where you can yeah. use him as an offensive hub, right? And I thought like Zach Levine was kind of like a Jamal Murray type player. So I thought like maybe that was the, you know, with with um, with AK coming from there, I thought that was like his his blueprint, that that's the way he was thinking about things, you know? So I thought it was going to be more, hey, you know, let's hit, you know, Vooch at the elbow and let's, let's, let's run some actions off of that. And Vooch can make the decision. Vooch can also step out and knock down a three. He can play on, on the elbow and you can run some, you know, uh, high, high, low post uh, split action. Have Zach come off. You can have Kobe screen for Zach and Zach, you know, uh, uh, slips to the rim and Kobe's popping four, three. Like there's some, that's why I said, you see, I'm about to go on a, a little time. <laughs> that's why I said last season, it was so frustrating because, I understand. I truly understand. The roster construction was dookie, right? Yeah. But like, <laughs> but like, there are certain things. Like the Bulls weren't the only offense 
I'm the only roster that was like in terms of roster construction that was dookie. Like there were a lot of teams out there that didn't have a lot of spacing. There were a lot of teams that were just more creative. Like, yes, you have Zach Levine. And again, maybe, maybe Zach just told Billy like, bro, don't you, I am not Clay Thompson. Don't play me like Clay Thompson. I need the ball in my hands. Maybe that's what Zach has said before. And, and maybe I'm just speaking into the void and Billy's like, dude, shut up. Zach told me to leave him alone. You know, maybe, that, maybe that's what it is. But like, let's just say Zach, he just hasn't approached Zach for that. Like, I just really feel like there are times during the game where, hey, hey, Zach, we got DeMar DeRozan. We also have Vucevic, two guys that can be a hub, right? Zach, we're not saying that you need to take a back seat all game, right? There are certain, when DeMar sits down, hey, it's your, it's your world. Uh, uh, when Vooch sits down, okay, you and DeMar figure out, you know, how you guys, you know, blah, blah, blah. But like, Zach is so good off ball. Like, I just really wish... And again, I'm not saying that we need to use him like Steph Curry. I'm not saying that we need to, I mean, everybody, there's no one in the world like Steph Curry, but like, I'm just saying that there are certain things that Zach does well, off ball shooting, cutting, like you can, you can throw lobs to the rim for Zach. Why are we not running more uh, rip screens with Zach, you know, attacking the basket off a cut. And now teams have to worry about the, the, the vertical spacing as well. Cause Zach can go get it. Why are we not being more creative with, with DeMar? How about, and I always said, you know, hey, let's put, uh, let's put uh, Vucevic at, at the at the low post or the high post, and let's run split action. Well, guess what? Demar Derozan can also do that. Let's put Demar Derozan on the low post, and and have teams have to figure out: Are we going to double him, or are we going to, or are we going to let him go one on one? Because they got Zach Levine one one pass away. Okay, are you going to help off Zach Levine, or are you going to double Demar Derozan? You got to figure out what you want to do. Right. Okay. Cool. Well, they want to send help from the backside. Well, hey, we're going to sit Vooch back there. So you're going to leave Vooch open under the basket? No. So it's like, why can't there are certain things you can do? I I, I hate hearing all oh, the space. Blah, blah, blah. No, you can be creative, especially with the players that they have. You just got to move. So I'll, I'll come back to this. In the in the summer, I would love to. I mean, in the preseason, I would love to see what they do with Vooch because I think that's going to tell everything. Because if, if Vooch is being used as more of a hubbish player that I think he can be, then I, I'm like, oh, wow, here we go. Here we go. Let, let's do it. We know what he, you know, the middle pick and roll, you know, the Chicago action. Cool. Yeah, you've been running that. But, like, let's try some different things. You right. know, let, like, let's have Zach running off gut screens out the middle of the floor. And, let, like, they did it with DeMar, but let's do it with Zach. Let's, let's have Zach doing some blade cuts. Let's have Zach, you know, I mean, there's just <laughs> – there's so many things you can do with Zach. Zach is a special offensive player. Use him. Make his life easier. He shouldn't have to play one-on-one to get his bucket all the damn time. I mean, look at what Monty did with Devin Booker. Devin Booker was running off, you know, short short, um, uh, short staggers, catching the ball with his defender running behind him. So he's got a wide-open jumper. You got you got him, you get running Spain, Spain pick and roll where you got uh I was going to call him dominating. Uh, you got DeAndre <laughs> Aiden rolling to the rolling to the front of the rim, and now you got to figure out, oh, shoot, we're going to give up the lob, or we're going to give up the pop-out three to Devin Booker. Put these teams in situations where they have to communicate. Stress them. But coming down, running middle pick and roll, uh, or running the inverted pick and roll with Zach and DeMar in the middle of the court is a little bit easier to guard when you can see it right in front. How about let's run stuff to make a defender have to turn his head to the ball and let's communicate. And now you can floppies, different things. Like I, I it frustrates me, man, because I, I'm just like, what would, you know, what would Ron Adams have them do if he was sitting on that bench, you know, next to Billy, 
you know, like, hey, right. let's run this. Just, you know, I just, I don't know, man. So again, I went on a tangent once again. Nah, but no. like, I mean, how, uh, how long? Nah, though, you're right, though. Like, how long have we been on this show talking about how the Bulls really need to unlock? Zach Levine's off-ball game. Like we we've had that conversation where we talked about like why don't they use him like Devin Booker? Why don't they use him even like a Jamal Murray? Like we there, there's always this like almost envy sometimes of like looking at those players and how they're succeeding. And when we're looking at our team, we're like, hey, Zach can do like 95 to 98 percent of the stuff that they do, but they're also on better teams and have better coaching. So why you know isn't it happening? Like why aren't we uh, I don't know if I'm using the right word, but why aren't we weaponizing these players? Like, why aren't we unlocking their full potential off the ball and trying to be more creative in the ways that, uh, you know, we, we have them score points? So it sometimes it just feels a lot, you know, really predictable. Like, it just kind of boils down each game where the Bulls are just kind of doing just simple kind of like ISO stuff and it doesn't really get too far and they could just be doing a lot more. Yeah, I, and I don't, I don't buy that Zach will refuse to play off ball and do like cuts and things like that because so it's funny, you know. Uh, I'm sure we all know who Caitlin Cooper is. Yep. Uh, she had tweeted thinking about the Bulls and how Vucevic finished 174 possessions last season with a pass out of the post. Of those possessions, Chicago generated 11 shots from cuts, and none were attempted by Levine. Uh, and those play, those two played 20. 2,236 minutes together. So, and I had bought this up private, privately to Lara because I think Lara had shared that tweet uh, and, and uh, somewhere, I can't remember. And I said, Lara, correct me if I'm wrong, but don't you remember Zach cutting baseline all the damn time when C was playing with Sato? There was like a, a play every game that Zach would cut baseline. Um, I remember thinking how many times with DeMar and Booch on the team together, guys that are good decision makers and passers. I remember watching that game against Charlotte. Like, you remember when Zach went off and he had like 49 points and he hit the game winner? Yeah. Um, he had how many shots off ball? He was, he was, he was shooting off ball that, that entire game. Like, all, like, I feel like, like most of his threes were off ball coming off of curls or a screen or a pin down or something. Um, I, I do think there's something there where like Billy just lets, like if, if these guys are just ISO and he's like, okay, well, as long as you guys are playing good defense, I don't care. I think there's something to that. Like there are something Billy can do. And, you know, obviously I'm, I'm not a coach. I don't have the coach's mind. I try to learn. I try to watch film and observe those things. But when I see here, you guys, like you saying it, I see Caitlin Cooper being baffled by it. Uh, Joe Herbert, uh, on uh, who's another really strong basketball mind who watches a lot of film, who breaks on film. He talks about how Billy can do better. It's just like, there is. Like, I, I, I know, like, not everything's Billy's fault. And I get that on, on, on Bulls Twitter, everyone. Everything bad happens, it's all Billy's fault. Obviously, that's the extreme that we need to say, no, it's not all Billy's fault. But, yeah, at the same time, there are things that Bulls can do on the offensive side of the ball that Billy can be a little bit more strict on or try to get get these guys to be more involved working off, working off each other in different actions. Yeah, I, I just think like, 
it's how can I put this? Like watching the Bulls play, it's I remember watching them. Who were they playing against? I think it might have been in the Paris game they had. And the cool thing was the thing that they started doing was let's bring Vooch. No, actually, no. It was against the the Bucks in the playoffs. And they in Brooke Lopez, instead of having Brooke Lopez in the drop, they would run Vucevic off a stagger to get Brooke away from the basket. And he was having to fight through screens, something he's not used to doing. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, here we go. Some creativity. You know, Vooch can do that. And then it's like it doesn't go beyond that. And, and to your point about uh, Sadoransky and him, I do remember – uh, when Vooch first was traded here, the first couple of games after he was traded here, he was, you know, Vooch was having the ball at the elbow and Zach would fake like he's cutting out and cut back door and they'd get that back door. And it's like, where is that stuff? Where, where is, I, I, that's what I'm saying, man. It's like, I think it's just a total cop-out to just always say roster construction when it's like, you, I can see if there was if if it was just Pat and it was just Kobe and the rest of the roster was just kind of like your temple and a bunch. Okay, that's different. Mm-hmm. But like you got three all star, you know, guy, guys that have been all stars. You know, Zach Levine, Demar Derozan, you know, and Vooch. Those are three of them. Like, you know, all three of them are so fun to watch offensively in different ways. You got to find a way to blend it. You know, I think, and I love what Lonzo said when you listen to Lonzo when they asked him about, you know what he thinks about the offense. He said it like, you know, each guy, like during the game, each guy is different. So there are certain points in the game where, Hey, you know what? Vooch has got to go on. I got to get Vooch the ball. There's like, he's just got that point guard mindset. And it's like, that's the way it should be from the bench though. You know, it should be like, you know, in terms of the coach, it should be, you know, Hey, you know what? This guy's got to go on. Let's run this type of set to give him the ball. Let's, let's run this type of set for DeMar. So when he catches, he's not going, he's not going one-on-one past half court to get to his spots. He's actually coming off a screen catch turn. Now it's closer to the basket. And now he doesn't have to take a dribble until he's ready. Right. It's just like, all of it is kind of like, it's cool to be a player's coach. No doubt it is. But like, at some point you got to have like, you know, Hey guys, look, this is, this is what we got to do. You know what? We're going to run this set. And then out of that, then you guys can play off ball, you know, play it, play off each other. But like, let's let's run out of this set. Let's see what they give us Let's see how they react to it. And then let's let's attack it off of that. You know, and it's just it, that that, does, that doesn't really happen. It's 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 always just like a middle pick and roll or Chicago action. And once Zach or DeMar come off of it now, it's like do 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 attack. And then, you know, it's just <laughs> like you just wish. I understand, like, I know our guy Mark K would say, like, you know, hey, DeMar DeRozan and, and uh, Zach Levine are two of the best isolation players in the game. So that's that's the means of our be- that's the means of the offense. But it's like that should be our back pocket thing. That should be. Ah, shoot. We just ran this this Spain. They covered it all. Hey, Zach, you got the mismatch. Go ahead. We're going to space. If somebody help get me. It shouldn't be as soon as you cross half court with 22 seconds left or something like that. Now is one on one. No, let's run a set. Let's see if we can get something easy. If not, that's when it, the the DeMar Rosen or the Zach Levine should get the ball with like 10 seconds left on the clock. And it's like, hey, let's get it. Let, go get us a bucket, you know, get a good shot. You know, I, I just it's frustrating, you know, but again. You know, I'm just a guy in his garage talking on podcasts. <laughs> no, you know? I mean, so it, I mean, you're you're on point. I mean, I, I think I think we know that there just needs to be more, just like there just needs to be like a more versatile like shot pro, shot profile for for these players, and that they're just gonna be just relying on ISO. It's just gonna be the same type of 
kind of like flatness that we have like been accustomed to seeing over the past couple of years. Like we, we, we saw it in the playoffs. Like this offense was just really predictable and easy to stop. Granted Milwaukee, but like it, it just gets to a point where it's just pretty predictable and you need some of that stuff to, you need to be able to establish some of these things in the regular season. So it's definitely going to be something that I'm watching for in, in the preseason overall. Um, let me ask you this as well, um, kind of shifting from like the veteran players to some of the young players on the Bulls team. We, we've talked about Kobe. Uh, we talked a little bit um, about Pat as well. Is, is there anything you're looking forward to seeing from players like uh, like a Dalen Terry or uh, I know we talked about Alex as well, but uh, like a Dalen Terry or if Julian Phillips uh, – gets an EPT in uh, the preseason? Like, or is there anything else from, like, some of these younger players on the Bulls that you're uh, potentially interested to see, even thinking about, like, uh, Batum, like, players like that? Yeah, I think, um, starting with Dalen, I think, um, for me, what I want to see is, I want to see mechanics. I want to see uh, his mechanics, uh, you know, a little bit more smoother. Uh, I want to see the ball come off his hand a lot smoother. That's really what it is for me because I think he does a good job of like, you know, getting into a shot. I just think up from at the top is where it gets a little, little, you know, janky a little bit. Um, but I want to see him shoot the ball. Be- and I think if he can shoot the ball, I think there's a path. There's a, there's a path for him because I think uh, the way he, he's not Lonzo ball. He's not. Right. So I hope anybody hears this doesn't be like, oh my God, do you hear this guy say he's Alonzo Ball? No, like he's not. <laughs> but like the, the he does have one part of his game that that could help this team when we they, they talked about pace today. A lot of it was, hey, we Zach Levine talked about it, Demar, um, Vooch, uh, Kobe talked about it. Um, pace. And the one thing that Dalen does well is when he gets that ball in transition, it, it, that's what that's when he looks like the guy they wanted they they wanted to draft. You know, he's he can he makes those nice passes in transition. He finishes well in transition. Um, so I would love to see that. The next thing is is strength. I would love to see how um, on defense really. Uh, I would love to see how how his strength how how, how much stronger he looks. Um, having to fight, you know, he's he's a bigger guy, so he's gonna have to guard some some bigger wings. So it's like, you know, hey, can he handle that part of it? If he can show that he can handle guarding a bigger wing, I think again, that's another way of him getting on because he's also someone that, yeah, he can't really shoot it that well at the moment. Uh, you know, hey, that maybe that narrative changes this year. Um, but like, he also is somebody that makes pretty good decisions as an off-ball player. Like, if he gets that ball in a swing, he may not be able to shoot it, but he gonna shoot that thing. And if he doesn't have a if he doesn't have a, a shot, he drives closeouts, and he and he's really good. I, me personally, I'm not the biggest fan of Dalen, but the one thing I do like about Dalen's game is in the mix. Like if if he'd be a guy that'd be a perfect fit around Zach and and the guys if his shot was good. Like if his shot can come around, I think he's another player that could be really good with those guys because he makes quick decisions. When he's able to attack a closeout, that's when it's fun. That's when that's when the fun part of Dalen comes out because that that fun and uh, 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 that fun passing comes out. That secondary playmaking kind of comes out of him. So like, there's a path for him, but I just need to see the shooting and I need to see the strength on defense as well. Uh, with Julian, I don't think he'll get a lot of playing time. I think I think that he needs to get stronger. He needs to get in the weight room. Um, the shooting, I think, is here's the deal. I, I 
coming in, I didn't think he was going to be a good shooter, but watching him in the preseason. It's not as bad as you see. I, I, I try yeah, to tell the, people it's not as bad yeah. as you would think. <laughs> yeah, the, the base just the, – up top is good. Up top is smooth. Yeah. The base just has to get a little bit more – it's too wide at the moment. It needs to get a little bit narrower. Um, but, like, the top is fine. I'm, I'm We'll see how that goes. I, I, I think that's some, that's, um, that's a positive for sure. He's super athletic. Uh, he he can guard. That's for sure about that. But um, do you think do you think his jump shot is kind of further ahead than all right? So if if you had to think about where Pat Dalen and Julian were coming into the league as like rookies in terms of jump shot, do you think Julian is ahead of where those guys were? If you're strictly thinking if you're strictly thinking about like mechanics and just how the shot looks overall. Well, I, yeah, if you're saying McCann, I, I do think he's a little bit ahead of of uh, of Dalen uh, coming in because, I mean, dude, um, and here's a here's a thing that that I love about uh, you know scouting and something that I'll continue to strive is like when you can have contacts at those schools, when you can when you can you know call somebody or text somebody and say, hey, what's the deal with this guy? You know, hey, why didn't he shoot that well? What you know, what's going on? You know. For and I think CHGO uh, had the the coach he used to play for on, and he was saying that the school changed the shot, and I I had no knowledge about that. I thought that that's just how he shot the ball. So for first of all, if you don't shoot the ball like Lonzo Ball, like I don't understand why you're changing shots. Like just make sure the, the energy transfers there, and the ball's coming off the hands nice and nice and clean. You know what I mean? Like work on the base. But like the whole shot, like I just don't, I, I I hate doing that. I feel like that's just the same thing with Markel. Anyway, but um, I just uh, I I think Julian's far ahead. I think because the base is easier to fix. You know, uh, that that's e- that's an easy fix to me is the base, and I think that's the biggest thing for him is just being able to to narrow that base up and uh, make sure he can have that consistent power into a shot. Um. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I think they had said like they they screwed with the base, like not the not the release, but they they had him spread his legs wider for some reason. Uh, and I think that's what Corey had told me. Uh, told about that is yeah. Um, and and they also didn't literally let, use him right in Tennessee because I guess Tennessee does that a lot where they uh they don't they don't put their guys at their strength at their strengths. They kind of have a system and they try to force you into that system. So. Sometimes guys can look not as good as they actually are because of where they because they're playing in Tennessee. Yeah, that that's the downfall. That's one one of the downfalls um, of NIL is because instead of going for fit, you you end up going for whoever gives you the most NIL money. You know, so mm-hmm. uh, I think that was probably the case. There is you know because he had other offers, obviously. Uh, I just think Tennessee offered him the most money, so he just ended up taking it. Yeah, and like I, I know people were looking at the percentages a lot, um, you know, when he was first coming, you know, when, when we picked him. But it, it was so low volume that it, if you really looked at it, it's just like okay, if he made like three three pointers, it would have boosted his like three point percentage to like an actual <laughs> respectable percentage. So it. it the percentage, I mean, the percentage is bad, but it just didn't tell the whole story. And overall, like he shot eighty-two percent from uh, the free throw line. So you know, we're we're talking about just those mechanics up top. 
they've looked pretty good, like you've been yep. saying. It's just like the weird uh, leg thing that I still don't really get. But I mean, hey, Tennessee yeah. does what Tennessee does. So um, I- I'm excited. If he does get any burn in preseason, I'm really excited to see what he does. Um, I-, I know we were talking. Uh, maybe this was something I brought up, or maybe some Salim uh, brought up. But I-, I remember we were talking about Dale and Terry and really trying to find out what we have in him because I think regardless of where you pick somebody in the first round, I think after a few years, you kind of want to get a feeling of what you have in that player and in terms of some sort of live regular season NBA action. And since he really didn't play much last year, I, I, I was really hoping that this would be the year where we actually get to see some of it. It doesn't seem like that's going to be the case to start off the season, but I do hope that by the end of the season that we have an idea of who he is for better or worse. Like if he's not a good player, then okay, cool. If there's something there, then great. Um, Like you said, I I think the idea of Dalen Terry is really fascinating and it could be a really solid fit. And just like the energy, the defensive ability, you mentioned the passing, like, it's not quite Lonzo Ball, but it's got some of that to it in terms of like what he can do with full court, what he can do in transition. So I, I really, I hope he can put that shot together, man. I, I really hope he can he can do something to stay on the floor because I I do think that the idea of Daylon Terry can work with what this team wants to build. So I'm I'm interested to see what he does in preseason for sure. Yeah, I, I um I totally agree. Um. Obviously, I I would have gotten went other another route with that pick, but yeah, um, I just think you know he does have a skill set that if you know this this the development crew can get it going, I think there is there there there's something there, you know. So um, the other guy that I think that I'm <clears throat> I kind of excited to see um, is Bidum. I, I watched a lot of film on mm-hmm. him, um, and I think that he can be. If if everything that that you see on film um, th- with the team he played for, I, I cannot pronounce their name that well, but he shot the ball well. He also um, passed the ball well, and he has a lot of fun with his shooting versatility. And so I, that's another guy I'm really f- excited to see. Yeah, I think uh, Wendy City Bulls should be fun this year. Uh, I think um, there, there's a few guys like Bidham. You're gonna get obviously Justin. Uh, what's it? Justin Lewis is probably gonna be down there. Uh, Sanaga is yeah. gonna be down there. Uh, Phillips, obviously, probably Dalen too. Dalen, again, yeah, we'll get run down there too. So the Windy City Bulls is gonna be uh, the, you know must uh, go a few times this year just to kind of see how guys are developing. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's going to be interesting to keep tabs on what some of the uh, the younger Bulls uh, on this team are doing. So uh, we'll see what this team looks like. Uh, like we said, six days until their first preseason game against the uh, the new look Milwaukee Bucks. So uh, we'll, we'll close on this. Speaking of the Bucks, because again, while we while we were gone, there was a uh, I believe there was like a Yahoo report from um, from Jay Fisher. Uh, a few weeks back, talk, like talking about the the Damian Lillard trade saga because everything started the heat back up with training camp. 
uh, on the horizon. So the Blazers, Blazers were starting to get a lot more action. And the Bulls were one of the teams that were mentioned. And it, it didn't really seem that clear, like, what the Bulls were trying to get out of it. Like, I, I'm sure they called specifically about Dane, but then there were some rumors about them being interested in taking on Tyler Hero as well. I, I, I don't know. It, 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 it kind of seemed like all over the place, but I, I think the Bulls were just doing their due diligence. And then, uh, of course, the trade goes down with Damian Lillard going to Milwaukee in that three-team deal with Phoenix. And then with Drew Holiday going to uh, to uh, Portland originally, then there was some chatter. I, I'm not sure the origins of the report, but there was some chatter about the Bulls calling Portland about Drew Holiday as well. But as we all know, with the Bulls being uh, – like kind of like hard cap right now, it's really hard to make like significant trade. You don't really have a whole lot of uh, leeway with that. But it, it was interesting to see the Bulls mentioned in a lot of these uh, two, these both of these two major trades that went down right before training camp. So uh, let's start with you, Lillard. Like, wh- what did you make of the Bulls' involvement in in this Dame Dame Lillard saga and in the Drew Holiday uh, saga? Like, I, I know we didn't expect. Uh, anything to go down with Dame or even Drew, but I mean, was there like a, I guess like maybe, did you have like a thought that maybe Drew Holiday could happen? But I don't know, like what, what were your thoughts overall about uh, all the rumors with the Bulls and those players? Well, I gotta be honest. So the Dame, the Dame situation, I, I, one, I, I would have loved it. <laughs> like yeah. I can't lie to you. <laughs> like I love Zach, but um. I think I think there's levels to this, and I think that you know when, when Damian Lillard is someone that you got to respect. Soon as he steps foot past half court, like like you like you you ain't going under no screens. You, you, you there's a, there's just he's just a different player. He's a better playmaker. You know there's just he's just a different player. And I think that when it all boils down to it, I I just feel like the Bulls are just trying to field offers and see what he's worth. You know, see what how these teams. Um, view him you know and uh maybe it's one of those things where hey if the bulls don't do well they did their due diligence of trying to see what what uh he's worth in the trade deadline maybe they know what teams are interested and i don't know but like i just didn't see like i would have loved to see it happen but i just if i'm being honest i just didn't see how any of this uh would have happened i mean the one thing they've done, and I thought like, you know, them going for Vucevic, Vucevic was a sign of them being like silent assassins. Like, you know, hey, we had no idea Vucevic was on the on the table. And next thing you know, we wake up, boom, he's a, he's a bull, you know. And so I thought to myself, I'll never forget. I'm like, oh, wow, we got some guys like we got guys that are out here to to win. We got guys that are doing willing to do whatever uh, to make this team good. Like, OK, here we go. And then. You fast forward to now, and it's like they they they've been, you know, uh, the marginal moves weren't that good. Um, the first the first year, um, like they just haven't really, you know, made the moves that you would like to see uh, to help this team win. But at the same time, you know, uh, us as guys that watch this team and have followed this team for so long, it's like, you know, hey are they being hamstrung by Jerry? Is that like something that we can finally just, is yes. that something we can say, Hey, look, yes. <laughs> you know, 
thing. They they maybe they want maybe they want to maybe they want to do other things. But Jerry's like, uh, uh-uh, player, nah. Uh, <laughs> that means I got to give out this, and nah, I'm not willing to do that. So make it work with this. It remind you know what it reminds me of. It reminds me of uh, Friday when he asked his mom when his mom asked him to go get some cigarettes or something. And he she gave him a dollar. Oh, yeah. Make it work. <laughs> <He was> like, <laughs> make it work. <laughs> this, this, this ain't enough. enough. Make it enough. Make it enough. <laughs> it's like, it's like, yo. It's like, what is going on, man? Like, no, that's a fact, man. <laughs> Yo, I'm never going to be able to watch that scene again now the same. That is a fact of how the Bulls operate. <laughs> that's a dead fact, bro. <laughs> oh, man. It's like, but, yeah, man, that's just how I feel. I, I don't know if I, I – I tried not to read too much into it because I get your hopes up. and But I, at the end of the day, I, I don't think they would have been able to make the move. I, uh, uh especially like hearing from a couple friends um, that are around the NBA, like the NBA, all the teams view Drew holiday, like a top 20 guy. Yeah. So if, if, if that's the case, we, we don't have, a, you know, I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't know. Like if that, you know, you say Dame, who's already a top 10, you know, arguably top 10, top 15 for sure player. And then you talk about another player as top 20, we couldn't get Dame. Then, I, I just, I just don't know, man. I, I don't, I, I just, it, yeah, it, it would have been think, fun, but. I think the Bulls' uh, struggles have really devalued uh, the assets that the Bulls have. Um, like Zach, like gets ranked in like the 60s. Uh, he's better than that. Like, but people don't see that because he's, you know, he's always on losing teams. I think he just had the bad luck of being on loser organizations. That's not his fault. Um, but like it is what it is. Like if he if Zach goes somewhere and and, and if he let's say if he was traded and and somehow he ended up in Philly, uh, and, and like when James Harden got let's you know the conversation about James Harden. Not to say this, I want this trade to happen or it's going to happen, but just in the conversation because the Bulls were trying to also get James Harden at the at some point this summer, and they've been trying to use Zach all summer to, because he's like the only one that has any value really. Uh, to improve this team somehow. Uh, so he's been in those conversations. And I bet you if James Harden, or sorry, if Zach had ended up in Philly for James Harden, I guarantee you next season, everyone would be talking about Zach in a whole different light. Uh, sure. It's because he's, like I said, you know, he's just, he's been stuck in bad situations. Um, like, and not to say Zach is a perfect player or he's a number one on a championship team. Uh, I don't think anyone's ever, uh, uh, anyone of us have ever really said that. Even the biggest Zach fans, I don't think really think he's a, a real top 10, top five guy or anything like that. But we do think he's a legit number two. Uh, and he is better than like what we're given credit for. And it's just unfortunate that he's just constantly been part of losing teams and it's just general, like a lot of other talent that we do have, it's just, you know, because same situation and various different, not as, not as big as Zach, but in various different roles that kind of just have the same thing where, you know, the value just isn't what you would want it to be. And at a point, the bulls do need to find a way to win with this roster if they want to make upgrades with, trades and things like that because they they need to appreciate their values yeah you, you know like i don't want to sound like uh i don't want to sound like a casual or anything like that but 
Uh, not that I have like envy or anything of the Milwaukee Bucks because they're doing what they do, but it, it's just to me, it's just so uh, fascinating to to think about where the Milwaukee Bucks have been in the past. Like when you just think about like those past teams, and you think about the Bulls and all the glory that we've had, and to to see them trade for one of the greatest guards of ever, like one of the the greatest shooters ever, like one of the best, like ISO creator creators ever, like in his prime to pair with another super, like it's just crazy to think about that. Like Milwaukee actually got that done in, in a situation where Dame was, was like zeroed in on Miami, you know, like, like this, no one expected this. This was completely left field. And it's just so fascinating to think about that Milwaukee got this done. Not that, so not that I ever had any expectation that Chicago would get Damian Lillard, but it's just the thought of like, man, imagine if the Bulls were in a situation where it was like, yo, there's a a star here and he wants to go to the Knicks, but the Bulls are going to trade for him anyway. They got him. I just could not imagine that scenario in modern Bulls times, right? I, I just couldn't imagine. So it's just fascinating that Milwaukee got this done. And just to think about, like, how this team operates, like, Larry, that's why, like, the, the, the Friday analogy you mentioned, like, I, I can't think of it the same because it's just, like, it's just so weird thinking about this team and the fact that, like, in, in the 20-something years that, we're, we're like post dynasty that we haven't even been able to to do these type of things. Even when we had the chances, like we 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 had we've had stars that wanted to come to Chicago. We had Gasol, we had Kobe, we had uh, Amari. Stop! Ain't get none of them. Milwaukee got a guy that didn't want to be there, but now he wants to be there. It's just I don't know. It yeah. always is just so fascinating to me. It's just like. Man, like I, I don't want to call it envy. It's just interest. <laughs> yeah, but that, that's what it comes down to, right? It comes yeah. down to Drew Holiday is a is a player that's coveted around the league. So the Blazers side this way, it's like okay, this initial Dame trade is going to get us. Okay, we really like eight, so we want eight, and but it's also going to get us a draft pick. Right now we got Drew, who then we can flip for more draft picks. So that's what Blazers is looking to do. But with the Bulls, you know, like I, like I said, I love Zach, and I think Zach is being undervalued around the league, but it has, it's because of the fact that the Bulls have built such crappy rosters consistently that his value is tanked. So now the Blazers, when they say, okay, well, if we take a t- 2029 unprotected and Zach Levine from the Bulls, well, we're not going to be able to flip Zach for another pick. Or whatever what we want to do, uh, so that's where they look at it as. And again, I'm not saying Zach isn't worth these things, but this is what around the league people look at it as. And unfortunately, it, it, and you know, it is it is the front office's fault. It is the organization's fault that you know a lot of these things are devalued the way they have been. And that's and it's my opinion on, on that. It's no, yeah, and I, obviously yeah. there's there's no there's no. There's no, uh, I'm not giving, it's not, a, you know, it's not an objective thing. It, it is kind of subjective in a sense, me feeling this way that I, I do feel like Zach is better than he is. But I think just because of the fact, the way the organization operates and how they've consistently been, 
built bad teams, they've made Zach look worse than he is. And that's why it's tougher to trade a lot, even the assets. And even like DeMar and Vooch, like obviously they're older. Like DeMar is on, I mean, maybe if DeMar was on like a two year deal, it'd be easier to trade him uh, for assets. But because he's on a one year deal, you know, they're in a situation like no one's really going to give up something for a guy on a one year deal that could maybe leave in free agency. And he's past 30. Right. Yeah. It's to, to me, like everything you're saying about Zach is so spot on. And I, I know all over the offseason, we've, we've had these reports or not really reports, but all of the stuff with like dropping dimes on the Twitter account and all that stuff. It, it was fun, but it, it's just, the the more the more smoke we have, like we we've seen Zach being, we we've seen these Zach rumors. I think just kind of build up very gradually, and we we know the Bulls also have a high price tag on them, but it seems very clear that nobody wants that tag for logical and illogical reasons. But I think mostly illogical. But um. To me, it's going to be really interesting whenever it happens, if it happens, what the Bulls end up getting for Zach. Because, like you said, it, it just doesn't seem like it, it. To me, he just seems like a very unfairly criticized player, and like you, I, I'm very sure that he would probably thrive really well on a lot of these teams. And we joked about it before, like, oh, Zach goes to this team that's well-coached and has really good players all around, and then all of a sudden he's putting up these great numbers, and everyone's like, whoa, Zach Levine's a completely different player, and it's, no, not really. (laughs) Just doing what he was doing before, just with a better team. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, man, it kind of reminds you of, like, I don't know how this – I don't know if this is a good comparison, but like almost like Matthew Stafford in a way, like yeah, that's where, a good comparison. You know, like Detroit, everybody's like, oh, he's he, yeah, he's pretty good, but he can't finish, you know. And then he goes gets traded for, goes to the and goes and goes and gets a Super Bowl, you know, because he's put around better players, you know. Yeah. And it's like, oh, man, I, no, I think that's a spot on comparison because, like, I mean, I even know for like. A, like a little bit like everyone was like oh he's just like Detroit Jay Cutler and yeah but, you know Stafford everyone before he went to the Rams he has like ranked really high in like total passing yards and everyone's like oh man like if he just had like a Super Bowl or something he'd probably be a Hall of Famer wins the Super Bowl and it's like oh yeah Stafford's probably a Hall of Famer now so <laughs> it just shows you just like he's the same guy he just went to a, a system that knew how to use his talents better and surrounded them with you know, more consistent talent, and now all of a sudden he's going to be in all of fame. So, I don't know. It, it, all of this stuff was really interesting with Dame and Drew Holiday. Like, like both of you said, I, I never had the expectation that any of this was going to happen, but it's just real fascinating to see what Milwaukee has become, especially when we think about how, like, you know, we were even questioning if their window was starting to close because their core was kind of getting older, and Giannis was starting to... Uh, you know, put some, you know, feelers out there that he might even entertain a, a different situation. But, um, yeah, uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how the Eastern Conference uh, unfolds now with uh, Drew Holiday in Boston and uh, Damian Little on, on Milwaukee. Uh, Lero, man, thank you for dropping by today on Bulls Go. As usual, we had a, a great time uh, talking to you. 
you said a lot of great things about the team that we really have to pay attention to for this upcoming season. Uh, let everyone know what you're like working on, man. As we we're, we're approaching the start of the NBA season, we're approaching the start of preseason actually. But let everyone know what you uh, what you got uh, coming up right now for the season. Well, uh, at the moment, um, not much. Um, I'm getting ready to I'm getting ready to help uh, a certain outlet with uh, scouting some players that were just drafted this last year. Um, so I'm going to be doing that. I'm also getting ready to start up a scouting service in the Chicago area. So I'm, I've been working on kind of like the logo and working on you know a website things like that. So I'm getting ready to get that started up, man. So other than that, not not much, man. I'm just uh, you know doing some training on the side with some ba- some some players for basketball and yeah, man, just kind of gearing up for the bull season. All right, I'm digging it, dude. So you're gonna stay busy as usual, though. <laughs> You'll be grinding <laughs> as usual, man. Uh, Celine, you got any uh, final thoughts before we wrap up, man? Yeah, thanks, Solero. Always a pleasure having him. He gives uh, a lot of great insight and just a just a great follow and a great person to really you know look at as far as someone that, as far as basketball basketball mind is concerned. Uh, and he's always become a really good friend over the years uh, that I've I've gotten to know him. So. Uh, that's that's an added bonus there too. So, um, but as far as the Bulls, yeah, you know, one thing I'm surprisingly we didn't talk about, considering we're like Lero and I are like the owners and creators of this island, uh, Patrick <laughs> oh, Williams. What? Um, I'm interested. So, like, I know, like, look, Lero and I, uh, Lero and I defend Pat a lot. But one thing I'll say about Pat, like, what I want to see out of him. No more, okay, I, the big three. Hey, it's a big four, and I'm coming in to take what's mine. Yep. Like, no more – I'm no more, okay, DeMar, Zach, you you guys are the guys on the perimeter. I I want him to come in and and be that alpha aggressor in, in camp because if he if he proves that he can and, – and do it well, not just like just do it and he's like kind of completely sloppy doing it. Because right. uh, if he proves to Billy he's ready to do that, then Billy will then have confidence in Pat into the season. Say, okay, okay, Pat. Oh, and now I'll instead of having you just be the screener, I'll set some screens for you. I'll get some guys over to get you looks, uh, and we'll go from there. But um, I, I like to see that from Pat. I like to hear that in the camp that we're seeing Pat being more like you know more talkative, more you know, in, in guys' face and saying, you know, this is this is a different season, this is different me now, and I'm not going to be just a guy uh, that plays off you guys. I'm going to be one of the guys that everyone needs to play off of and, and you know, put his kind of, you know, kind of sh- sh- kick that door in and kick it in as, as the big four now. It's not the big three. Yeah. I'd like to see that, you know, and, and maybe that's asking a lot. I don't know. Uh, but I, I'd like to see that uh, us hear that, and I'd like to see Pat just be a little bit more, just a little bit not mean as the right word, but just a little, just a little bit more, like you know, just show that you know this is this is my ter- my time is now. Yeah, I, I um, uh, you're you're right. We didn't even really talk about him like that at all. Um, but no, I I think for me, what my expect, I, I, my, the expectations I set for for Pat this year, um. I, I want to see quicker decisions when, when he's catching the right. ball. Um, I want to see him take more threes. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and defensively, I want to see his his isolation def- defensive. Um, you know, his isolation game stay the same, and I'd like to see continued growth as an off-ball defender, see if that rim protection can continue to even get better. Um, and, you know, I just tr- I'm trying to stay measured because I'm right there with you uh, with, like, wanting him to say, hey, look, man, this is it. But at the same time, like, I feel like the way they're going to play is almost as if, like, you know, I don't, it's almost like what he's going to have to do is when he gets the ball, say, fuck you, Zach. Fuck you, Demar. I'm gonna get mine. But at the same time, it's like, is that the right thing to do for the team right now? You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm just trying to think rationally. I'm trying to be no, for sure. But but it's just, I wish, man. I I really want him. I really want him to, you know, just, you know, just. I don't know, man. I'm right there with you. But I'm just trying to say to myself, like, okay, what is a tangible? Uh, like, there's no excuses for him. A tangible. Uh, you know, things that we can look for. And that's definitely, hey, look, Pat, take them threes. Don't don't you turn down no three. Take that three. If you're going to attack, get to the basket and draw foul. You're a good free throw shooter, okay? So we need you there, you know? Um, and so I'd like to see, hopefully, uh, hopefully we get to see him run some pick and roll. I'd love to see that. I really would. Uh, but I just don't have trust. I, I don't have trust in this coaching staff to 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 play uh, to everyone's strengths. I think that everybody is, you know, the only people that's going to matter, which I get it, are going to be the big three. And the rest of the guys just kind of have to like, look, hey, man, it's gonna, it, it, like like the big three on the table, eating the, the soul food, with the yams and everything like that. And the Kobe's, <laughs> the the Pat, the Ios, the, the Tory Craig's, the Javon Carr is going to be under the table. Like, hey, man, scoot some of that down here, bro. Come on, man. Hey, come on, man. You see me. Come on. Scoot me, scoot, scoot me some uh, down there. You know so what I'm saying? Mad. So it's like. <laughs> I'm just imagining the scene in a. Uh... What's that Jim Carrey movie? Uh, me, myself, and Irene, where he's like sitting on the couch with like, oh. and he's like, <laughs> you know, what I'm, <laughs> that's what I'm imagining with the the big three, <laughs> and Pat is Jim Carrey. <laughs> Yo, that's hilarious! I forgot about that. Scene, honestly, um, no, nah, man, no, nah, yeah, but so, I, Lord knows, Lord knows, like, I, I, that's what I want to see because I believe that's in there. I do. Um, but I just want them, you know, hey, if, they, if that's what they want, they, hey, we want them to make quicker decisions. We want them to shoot the three. We want them, you know, okay, if that's what you have for them, fine. But I, I, me, myself, if I was in that building, I'd want to, you took this kid fourth overall. So let's start treating them like that. You know, not a lot of people treat fourth overalls like a spacer. You know, that's just, that's not what they do. They, they, they put the ball in their hands and they say, hey, look, show us the reason why we should take the ball out of your hands. You know, and if you don't, hey, we're going to keep doing this thing. But that isn't how they've done it. They've, hey, Pat, you get your butt to the corner and you shoot them threes and you attack them closeouts. Don't worry about nothing else. And it's just like, if you're a fourth overall pick, like, how do you think? Like, how, how does that hit you? You know, like, but anyway, man, because um, I can go on for another 40 well, minutes about that. Well, so, look, real quick, but yeah, man, that's where I'm at, man. Real quick, though, because um, I know we're approaching, well, not approach, well, this month is like the uh, the deadline for rookie extensions, and we've seen um, Devin Vassell of the Spurs got extended uh, today for um, was it like five years, one forty six. Do you do you guys think that uh, Patrick Williams will get extended before the deadline? When is that deadline again? 
is it the 28th or something like that or the 20 I don't know yeah at, the, at that it's the last day before the like the regular season begins okay yeah i know i feel like it's always um, like last week of like i mean i or something like i that. hope it does like i i mean i i said like five years 100 mil if you can get him signed up for that because i think because I believe in Pat, and I, I think that that contract will be a, a value contract for the next five years, uh, because at the at the minimum he's going to be a plus, a good defender, and a guy that can hit the three. And those guys are hard to come by, like well, not hard to come by, but those guys are the guys that are really coveted in the NBA. Uh, so it's not it's never going to be an issue with like oh man, this contract is kind of you're stuck with it, you know. It, right. that's never going to be an issue for, for me, in my opinion. So, yeah, definitely, I that's the type of deal that I would like to see happen. If it happens, I mean, maybe there's been private conversations, but we haven't right. heard anything, so we, we who knows? Yeah. yeah, I would love to see it done because at the end of the day, man, Pat is a quality player right now, man. He, he Like, if he stays where he is right now, his, his three-point ability, his ability to guard bigger wings in isolation – his, you know, his continued growth as a weak side rim protector. I think that's all what he does right now is worthy of getting paid. Um, obviously not like, you know, the, the big, big dog money, but like the money that like, you know, close to what uh, DeAndre Hunter got. Like, I, I really feel like he can, that's the money he, he can get, you know? So um, I'd like to see it done. I know I, I may be wrong, but nobody asked that question, right? Nobody asked about, you know, if he's going to get signed or anything like that, the yeah. extension. Yeah. Not that I know of that. I'm not sure. Interesting. Yeah. I would love to see what they're, what, what they would have said about that. But um, yeah, no, I, I think it has to be done, man. Like, go ahead, man. This kid, this kid is, um, he's good, man. He helped you. I mean, just take a look at what he did to Pascal Siakam in the playoffs in the, in the playing game. I mean, that's the, that's, that's like the type of defense isolation wise he plays for you, you know? So it's like, I don't know, man. I, I hope so. I would yeah. love to see that. If I if I was a betting man, I would say yeah because AK that's his first pick, that's his guy. So yeah, I'm assuming that 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 he wants to pay his guy. Yeah, I I, I think if they wait, it's gonna. I I think that price is gonna go up the longer they wait. Like I I don't think they want to want to make that mistake. So I mean, you you have a really good window now. I think to potentially uh, get a really good deal. And um, you mentioned. The DeAndre Hunter deal, like it, it does make you wonder, like what Pat and uh, his agent are looking for. Like it does make you curious what their number actually is. Um, like it's probably 100, 120, I'd 120. imagine something around that. Yeah, yeah, and that's not bad. I mean, like you look around the league, that the, the type of players Pat Pat archetype players are get. That's what they're getting. Yeah. So I'm right there with you, brother. Yeah, like Jeremy Grant just signed 160. I mean, <laughs> I mean, granted yeah. that was an overpay, but still, like you're kind of you're seeing, um, it's a new era, man. You're still <laughs> new era. It is what you know. It is. It is a new era. But like at the same time, like I said, you know, like a young young guy like that 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 has that archetype. Those that's the type of contracts you're seeing uh, being handed out. And I mean, I think people just need to come to terms with that reality not stop looking at the just the number itself but also look at the percentage of the cap too yeah I think, um and, yeah. It, and at, at like what 20 percent of the cap that's not for a for a guy that's a solid two-way player like that um that's not that's not a waste that's that's 
good. And and like I said, Pat, I think he Pat is not done growing as a player. So yeah, uh-uh. yeah, I think we've reached the point where. You know, I mean, many years back, like 20-something mil would be like, oh, my God, how could you give that type of money to a player? But now it's just kind of like, oh, he's either a good starter or a really promising young player. So you get yeah. into it. <laughs> so it's just different times. But yeah, we'll, we'll, see how, um, we'll see how Patrick Williams uh, and his extension talks uh, go. But uh, that concludes today's Bulls Gold. As always, you can catch our past shows wherever you get your podcasts and right here on the Barroom Network. Thank you again to Lero Golden for dropping by again to talk Wolves basketball with us for Salim Skuala. I am Edward Shuler. This has been Bulls Gold, and we will catch you next time. Bulls Gold.